everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week, we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at MoneyMadeEasyPodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Okay, I am so excited about today's guest. She has managed spaces for big brands like Google and Chanel. She's done historical restoration projects in Central Park and at Columbia University. Uh, you might have guessed by now that she's from New York. She's uh, in, And in helping professionals use a space in different ways, it inspired her to apply this strategy to homes to identify small adjustments that can have a big impact and she does that through her business, New York at Home. So let's welcome Diane Lowy to the show. (laughs) So uh, why don't you start with just kind of telling us why you did decide to start your business and how you got into it. Oh, well, that's so great. Yeah, it's, I'm so excited. First, I'm so excited to be here. Um, And money obviously is a big part of everybody's life. Um, And so I'm really excited to talk about that component of sort of how it fits into uh, home organizing and how Mm -hmm. people take care of their spaces. Um, So I started New York at Home after I I had, um, I'd been working for a tech company for about a year and I wasn't, it wasn't quite the right fit. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Um, and so I started, uh, talking to my friends about what I could do for a business that where I could sort of run my own show. And, um, I realized that I had been helping people with their apartments in the same way that I help people, um, in the office, like that, that sort of had naturally become a little bit of an extension. And so I thought maybe I could come up with a system that would, people that weren't already friends with me and didn't already know me would pay for. And so um, some of my friends helped me uh, figure that out. And it's just evolved from there. That was about four years ago. Wow. Four years and you are booked. (laughs) You're staying busy and you're booked. I'd say it's working out wonderfully so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. And it's really fun. Like just, um, you know, listening to what it is that, people really respond to and what they want and sort of figuring out like sort of what my original idea was isn't what I'm doing now and just watching that that evolution take place and really responding to my customers and the people that I work with has been just an incredible journey and it's like every six months uh, it seems like the business is evolving and changing into something new and it's it's been super exciting I'm I'm so so glad that I made this um I, I took this leap. Mm-hmm. And that you, your financial situ- situation is kind of under your control now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a, that's a great thing for you. 
Yeah, yeah, it's been really, it's been really exciting. Um, my my partner um, is a uh, is in residency for uh, a, she's a surgeon, mm-hmm. and um, and so she, when I started the business, she was still in medical school, and so there was actually a lot of uh, financial uh, pressures when I first started the business and such. But um, you know, if you're responsible before you do something like that, it can be uh, you know the and you have the appropriate runway, it, it can mm-hmm. really um, go smoothly. So I, because she was in school while, when I started the business and I needed to support both of us, um, yeah. real, um, I really had to believe in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, it made it so that I just couldn't even picture not having it work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So how do you, how do you see, um, the combination of uh, the whole mainstreaming somebody's home life and money. How do you see those two tied together? Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's so amazing. So like when I worked at Google, uh, one of the things about my job there was how I woke up in the morning and how my day started really had an impact on how I could work and how I could be with the people that I worked with that um, a big part of my job running facilities for the New York office was interacting with several thousand people over the course of the day and being sort of the face of what makes Google one of the best companies in the world to work for. And if I was in a bad mood or I was stressed out or I couldn't find something and I was running late, like that that would have a really big impact on how I interacted with the people on my team, the people in the office, and um, I just know how important it is for me to have my day start off right. And that there can be, you know, the financial reward of being somebody that everybody knows who they're going to get is um, pretty substantial. Um, and just that feeling of the peace of mind of that there, you know, the things in your home, they're inanimate objects and you have the ability to control them. They don't control you. And if you know where things are and you're able to like start off your day on a good foot, then that sort of trickles down to everything else. And um, it's, you know, with relationships and money and, and everything, it's just, I mean, having a functional space is uh, so, so important to living a, um, like the life that we all deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, just that whole picture of the chaos of somebody getting ready and looking for an outfit and trying to figure out what they're going to wear if they're doing that in the morning. I mean, yeah, that's, that starts their day off stressful versus, I mean, that's a big thing for me. I, if Mm -hmm. I'm, if I've got something where I'm, if I'm going somewhere, if I'm leaving the house early in the morning, that's the first thing I make sure before I, before I'm going to bed, I know what I'm wearing. I (laughs) got it. It's, it's already, you know, either steamed or downy wrinkle released has been sprayed on it, whatever (laughs) is needed (laughs) to make sure it's ready to go. And I can just, I don't have to think about that Mm -hmm. because, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. I couldn't do it. And when did you start doing that, Tisha? Um, Probably after I had some crazy chaotic morning where I didn't do it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure I've done it for so long because I'm not a morning person at all. Mm-hmm. So if I have to, like, 
I mean, honestly, it's something is even when I'm going to go hang out with my grandkids in the morning, if I'm going to leave early, I even figure out what t-shirt I'm going to wear the night before because I can't think in the morning. And it's just like, that just stresses me out if I don't have it, if I don't know what I'm wearing, I just need to do that the night before. It just makes my day so much better. It's such a, for me, I mean, it's like, it seems like such a little thing, but for me, it's a huge thing. I have to know that. (laughs) No, I'm this, I'm definitely the same way. I mean, I've noticed that like whenever I have to get ready for a wedding that I'm photographing, like if I have everything ready the night before, cards are dumped, like, you know, they're cleaned and wiped and ready to go. And I have the cards for my second shooter and I know exactly what I'm going to wear. And like all of my cameras and gear is clean, you know, like all of that is so much more stressful the day of. And then you just go into that day or that work day, just feeling frantic and not prepared, even though you've been preparing for so long for it. I don't know. It's definitely Mm -hmm. like such a more calming feeling. And sometimes I rely on my like drives. If I'm in LA, like I, you know, everywhere is a drive. So I rely on the drive to help me like settle from the franticness of the morning. But I've noticed that anytime that I, you know, prepare the night before. It's just such a more calming day. And then just the day, it, like you said, it's a trickle down effect. Like just the day is more calmer and you're able to like handle all the different situations and personalities that you undergo on a normal day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of the thing is knowing about yourself, if you're a morning person or you're yeah. an evening person and what those little things are like, that that's exactly what I try and do um, to help people sort of like identify those things. Cause like, mm-hmm if you know that you're not a morning person and you're going to lay out your clothes the night before, then that is a really great solution for you. But then for some people, like they're morning people and what they really need to do is to prep stuff for the night. So like, Mm -hmm. let's say that they really want to be cooking dinner for themselves. And so in the morning that they'll have what they need for dinner all prepped or they'll do like something in the slow cooker before they go to work, Mm -hmm. that those are something, some tricks that, you know, for people with different styles that they may, want to create these habits and that's also something is like that habits and uh and these uh functionality uh tricks are really connected to one another that like if um a lot of these things like people talk about like making your bed in the morning that that's like making your bed in the morning is a gift to your like evening self and then having your clothes picked out the night before is a gift to your morning self and thinking about these ways, like people sometimes talk about self care as like going and getting a massage, but these are like some really small things that you can do for yourself that are self care um, that just kind of have to do with every day. And it really, um, you know, that feeling of loving yourself and like that you're taking care of yourself, especially when you're really busy and your mom and you have a lot of other people depending on you, uh, whether it's like your direct reports, your children, your grandkids, um, that there's something to be said for finding these moments to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, and it ties back in to money, even because it's like if you're um, if you're getting ready for something and that maybe you're going to wear something that you don't wear on a daily basis and you can't find it. You can't find it because you're disorganized and, you know, I have to look through. (laughs) I mean, not me, not personally. (laughs) (laughs) If I have to look under a stack of clothes that I thrown in the corner or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it, that can be stressful. Um, 
but you know, I love it. It's like, it's, I think I even tweeted something one time, like, isn't it amazing when you actually open the drawer and something is actually where it's supposed to be. (laughs) And, uh, that is, it's such a great feeling. And it's like, when you can't, find something in your, and you know, if you def, definitely have, need that specific thing and you're like, I'm just gonna have to go buy another one or, I mean, mm-hmm. there you go. I mean, something like that. Um, if you're not organized and you're looking for something, anything, and you can't find it and you're thinking about going and buying another one, or you have gone and bought another one or whatever, that's crazy. And, um, it's little things like that that are can become huge things like mm-hmm. that because then you have more stuff that you have to figure out what you're yeah. going to do with and um so maybe you could walk us through some of the things that you do to help people organize and streamline and tips for us so that we can have some actionable things to go through and clean out some stuff well like for everybody that I work with I really start with like a conversation to really get to know them because like most Mm -hmm. of the clients that I have their referrals they're not people that I know through like everyday life and so I have like a series of questions that I ask in order to try and like really get to know them super duper fast and a lot of people tell me it feels like a therapy session because it's like so crazy intimate and I've actually had like very funny things happen with like where I have like one of these sessions with somebody and then they'll like call me and ask me to do some work for them and I'll do the work and then they are like oh wait why do I have to pay for that I thought you're my friend <laughs> oh wow no like that was work you yeah. know when you paid me that was work and you called me and asked me to help you that that's also work so yeah. um yeah <laughs> It's a it's a really intense conversation about just sort of like what your values are and how you live your life and what's important to you. Um, uh, everybody's different and sort of how they set stuff up is always going to be different. But like clothing is one of those places where, it, you know, really drilling down on how you live and what your values are is super duper important to figure out like how you set up your closet. Like, uh, in general, I tend to talk about having two different halves of your closet, that you have half of it for your work week, and then half of it is for fun and weekend, Mm -hmm. and basically having it set up in a way that um, the during the week part is set up in a way that is very spacious, and you have very few things, and that way you can just find what you need when you need it very easily. Um, if you don't really know what should be in that area, I recommend that people go through and see what they've worn in the past month and basically squeeze all of that into half of your closet. And then um, if there's stuff that you uh, that's seasonal, that you can kind of pack that away and put that in a difficult to reach location for, until the season comes back. And then with anything that you haven't worn that you're not ready to donate or get rid of, that you can put that in the back of the other half of the closet. And then that other half of the closet is for all of your fun stuff. So that's like outfits that you wear to go out with your friends, to go on dates um, on the weekend, to like your yoga pants, like whatever that stuff is goes on the other half. And that can be organized in whatever way you want. But the thing is when you're um, having that free time that you have more, you're more relaxed, you have the time to find just the thing that you're looking for. But in the morning when you're sleep deprived and you're in a rush, You really just want to pick out of like very few things. And that's something that works for, um, for a lot of people and is, uh, 
you know, is a really helpful place to just get started. But then like, I had a client at some point who is a consultant and spends most of the week traveling. And then when she's home, she really wants to focus on spending time with her friends and family. And, um, and when I suggested spending that much of her closet space towards her work clothes that she got really upset about it. And she was like, but work isn't that important to me when I'm home, I'm really home. And so we ended up like shifting it so that it was a much smaller ratio of the closet. And most of her um, clothes that she kept are all the clothes for fun and for the things that she gets to do with her everyday life. And that just cleared out a ton of space because she had all of this work clothes, but that wasn't really where she was putting her value and her values. So those are some, you know, if you have those conversations that you can have this reframing and this aha around it that can really help you to like do that purge of your closet that you've been wanting to do if you really know what your values are. That is amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and such a great way to look at it. And I love the, boy, if you haven't worn it in a month, put it away. Wow. <laughs> that means I have to get rid of so much. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to like have it leave your house. Like, but if you haven't worn it in the past month, like think about like, that's the stuff that's in the heavy rotation right now. And that's the stuff that you're totally like jiving with and you're loving and you totally are into. And that's your style for right now. It's, it's like, it's so freeing. Yes. Well, I, I definitely need to do a huge clothes purge. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, I'm going to add that it. onto the list. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to admit that I have clothes from like high school still. Like that's, it's horrible. Well, I, I mean, I have that too. And like, that's the thing is like, you just go through and figure out like that. The, the, I think a lot in terms of ratios, like in New York city, we don't have a lot of closets and not a lot of closet space and more traditional apartments. There are some apartments that I worked in where they have a ton of closet space. And I've even worked in, in apartments where we've converted spare bedrooms into walk-in closets and mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that, if it's a priority for you and it's aligned with your values, then absolutely. But like the ratio that I tend to think about with people is a lot of times the reason they're calling me is that they have spaces that are already set up that should be working for them that aren't. And the space is telling you how much you should have of each thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's part of why people talk a lot about containers and things uh, when talking about organizing is having um remembering this is where the sweaters live is a lot easier than remembering this is where the blue hoodie lives and it's next to the white t-shirts you know like that having everything sort of in a place where you only need to remember one thing is super is makes it a lot easier and um you know if drawers are overstuffed it sort of feels like they're booby traps and you don't want to go in there and then all of a sudden you start storing your clothes on a chair or you add a garment rack or something like that. And all of a sudden you get these temporary solutions because you have this um, issue that's totally fixable. Cause again, these are inanimate objects. You are in control. They are not in control of you. Um, I love that. That's a good one. <laughs> these are inanimate objects. You've said that. Uh, so it's, the you are in control of them they are not in control of you right mm, yes. so good it's it's i mean it, it's 
one of those things though, do you find people that are just so overwhelmed and how do you help them make decisions about what to keep? And I know that Marie Kondo is big and it's like you are supposed to, you know, the, first of all, the thought of dumping everything onto my bed is that in and of itself is so freaking overwhelming. It's like, I can't do that. That I would, I would never go, I would just burn my apartment and never go in it again. <laughs> it's well, just I, like, I, actually, <laughs> I do the opposite approach when we're going through clothes. What I like Good. to do with people is that I say like, you should be spending, like, I'm here to make all of the work that doesn't have to do that only you, like, you should be focused on the stuff that only you can do. This is like, I am here to make this as easy for you as possible, as fun for you as possible. So what I like to do is I'll take out like 10 items at a time and just put them into three piles of like, uh, keep, donate, maybe. And if you need to think about it for more than like five seconds, then it goes into the maybe pile. Um, it's like, I'm not here to tell you to get rid of anything. Like I'm not, I don't like thinking about like the, you know, spark joy is just a rubric. It's just a, a framework that people can work with, but that's part of why I have the conversations with people ahead of time about what their priorities are and how they live their life and sort of figuring out like what, um, you know, once you sort of have in mind what, you need your clothes for and how you use your clothes, then it's a lot easier to go through them and decide what to keep and what to donate. Like I was working with somebody recently who is just, oh, her closet is just amazing. And it's all like these beautiful, beautiful pieces. And she has like incredibly funky style. And it's just really, I mean, she's just like, she is um, a creative and part of how she expresses herself is through her clothing. And so we were, doing um we were editing her clothes and you know occasionally she'd be like asking whether she keep, should keep it or donate it or it was a maybe and I was like is it basic could you get it at the gap then that's not you honey there you go and that was like a really freeing thing for her like if it wasn't something that really matched her persona and how she lives like and so she did I mean and she did a phenomenal job um, another thing is that like home organizing is a luxury service it is important for people to remember that that is what it is like it is not something that um, everybody invests in and everybody does and you should be in a financial place to be able to make that investment in yourself um, a lot of times I work with people with a very clear goal in mind, like let's say somebody is about to turn 30 or so, and they feel like their home sort of feels more like a dorm and less like a home, and they really want to get some tips and tricks and skills and coaching around how to elevate their style and their look so that they can um, sort of get better at adulting, for lack of a better mm -hmm term um and that that you know we sort of meet with a fixed number of sessions and there's a real goal in mind and there's you know something very clear about around it um and so that's like an investment in yourself but it's still something that's a, a luxury service mm -hmm. so when you are um, a lot of times when people have called me and they're hiring me they've already gotten into a place where they're asking for help so People who have a lot of financial resources tend to be people who are really comfortable delegating, who are really comfortable asking experts for help, and who are 
people who are going to be, um, who are in a position to be able to make that investment and people who are really comfortable making that investment. That's the majority of my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also a lot of people where they're in a specific set of circumstances where like they have some uh, physical health problems that have uh, changed the way that they need their apartment set up or they um, recently went through a breakup or they're moving in with their partner for the first time. And there's a a place of transition that's happening where there's something emotional going on and hiring somebody to help work through that is a really great investment in, um, in yourself. So um, sort of the reasons that people hire me are, can be really different, but it's also important to know that there is a real investment piece of it. And, um, and so it's not necessarily for um, people who are, you know, it's like you need to be in a financial place to be able to make that investment. Right. But also too, even though it might be a luxury service to hire you or someone like you, um, it also can help save them money um, because they're, if they're, things are more organized, they're not spending time, you know, it's like, oh, where did I put those, you know, whatever that particular thing is that they're looking for and they can't find or whatever, you know, that's saving them time. I think that um, maybe it's a, a way to look at it is it's maybe it's a splurge, maybe it's a little bit of a splurge, but maybe it's something you save for um, and it's, and it can't even be a form of self-care. And so you look at it like that, reframe it. Um, because uh, a quote that I have saved on my phone uh, from Joshua Becker is owning fewer possessions means less cleaning, less organizing, less repairing, and less financial burden. And I try to look at that often. And then also another quote, I live in a home, not a storage unit. I live in a home, not a storage (laughs) unit. I live in a home, not a storage unit. So just, uh, this might be a personal issue of mine. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's it's absolutely true that like, I mean, having, you know, hiring an expert to help coach you through a problem is always a good idea. You know, if something is bothering you to the point where you feel like you are, you need to reach out for that kind of help, the likelihood that you needed that help earlier is pretty high. That's absolutely true. Um, And it it does, I mean, I don't know, I mean, that I'm just sort of thinking about some of my, my clients and, you know, when people put in the work and they do the work, like it's a, it's a relationship and it's a collaboration every time I work with somebody. And when they put in the work, then they often see the results that you're talking about. There have been times where I've worked with people and I found hundreds um, up to, I, I once found over a thousand dollars when organizing with people because they, um, you know, and, and, you know, I've found checks and things I found, their will, their driver's license, their social security cards, um, birth certificates, um, death certificates, um, journals from grandparents, wedding photos of deceased loved ones. Like I have found all kinds of things uh, when going through people's um, items and stuff that has monetary value, has emotional value. Um, and things that really you want to be able to like elevate and have a, a special place for in your home. But a lot of times, uh, 
discovering those kinds of things if you're by yourself sometimes can be really emotional and really difficult, um, especially if there's, yeah, just that there's a lot of these things like that um, doing that by yourself is not necessarily, um, you know, it could be really hard. And a lot of times that's why people sort of put this stuff off is that they'll be facing some emotional uh, uh, surprises um, within some of the things that they're uh, organizing or editing. Um, so having, um, even if you don't hire a professional organizer, having a friend come and be there with you while you're doing one of these process, going through this process can be really, really helpful. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why people don't do it. It's not that these things are also incredibly time consuming, like, um, you know, organizing a pantry so that it looks like something on Instagram is like, you know, it's very easy to spend 10 hours on a project like that and to have the kind of time to be able to dedicate to something like that, as well as the skills is, um, you know, is not, uh, you know, is different people have a 10 minute thing. Yes. And there are 10 minute things for sure. Like you can definitely go through a drawer in, you know, in 10 minutes and just decide like, oh, do I want to keep this or get rid of it? And then, you know, uh, that's, all, that's a really great way to, um, to do this process for yourself. I didn't mean to sort of say like to, to make it intimidating and be like, oh, it's a 10 hour process. But to, to really set up systems that are going to work, mm -hmm. it can be a real investment of time and energy but what it gives back is it can give you back like an hour or two every day mm -hmm. it's amazing when you know where to find things how much simpler your life can be how much lower stress it is and like uh you know like let's say that you have a place where you keep batteries and you open it and the batteries aren't there you don't need to tear apart the house you just know you don't have it and you just like go downstairs or go to the store and get that battery because like if you trust your systems and trust yourself and you know that like you have everything where it's supposed to be it's like it's just it it removes a lot of stress and friction you don't have to spend the time to look in three different places like oh well the batteries could be in this drawer or they could be over here in this cabinet or they could be out here in the garage it's one place they're there they're not there you go get them if they're not. So that's a huge, that's a great point. And um, it's such a, an amazing way to look at it as far as being a great time saver. So I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important, like if you are doing it on your own, kind of like what you said, just to start slowly and maybe just dedicate one thing a day. So that way in 30 days, you've, you know, cleaned 30 different places in your home or 30 different like shelves or just starting as small as you can, because like you said, it can be very overwhelming and take quite a bit of time. I mean, I can't imagine like all the times that I've been like, Oh, I'm going to clean like my bedside drawer. And then I'm like three hours in and like my whole Sunday <laughs> is gone, you know, and it go time just goes so fast and time is money, you know, and we need to be more efficient with our time. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest lessons I learned in my adult life and something my parents always ingrained in us as kids is, you know, your time is so valuable. Your time is so valuable. And I never understood it. I always like gave my time. Like it was like nothing. I was like, Oh, well, but you know, I'll go do this for you or I'll do this for you or whatever. And now it's just like, I want like every second to like, you know, just 
no, not flee as fast as it has. So just being more efficient with it and starting slow and knowing what you can handle in one day and all of that is very important. Oh yeah. And like just being able to like think about it as something that's built into your routine and spending like 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. like just setting a timer or like playing like two or three songs on like, you know, uh, that just sort of thinking about it as something that's like that you do as part of your routine mm-hmm. is just can really demystify it. Like I like, um, you know, for some people, it's like thinking about one shelf at a time. Other people, they think about um, doing a tour. They think about it in terms of like 10 minutes. But, you know, it's like this, these, um, you know, I live in a one bedroom apartment and I have over a hundred spaces in my apartment in terms of like, shelves in the kitchen the bathroom drawers um you know just like they're all of these little spaces and Mm -hmm. you know if you have a full house um you know like I can't even imagine like there's probably like over a thousand spaces Mm -hmm. where stuff can be um accumulating and hiding out and so it's um you know I, I like because my apartment is so small like one of the things that I like to do is we have um, uh, a bag that we keep next to the trash can by the door. And that is just for stuff to donate. And if I don't bring a a reusable bag to the grocery store and I end up getting a paper bag, then that that is my punishment is I need to fill it up with stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And it can be like anything. It's like, you you know, it's like you bought that like, cream that you thought was going to like change your face and then it didn't and you used it twice but it was expensive it's like you just put in the bag and then like there's that t-shirt that you got or there's that um you know thing that you got for the tote bag that you got at an event that you know six months ago that you haven't used it just goes in the bag Mm -hmm. and you know it's just incredible like how much stuff just like flows into your space all the time Mm -hmm. um Another metric I like to use is if you think about your bringing one shopping bag worth of stuff into your home once a week, that that's 52 new bags of things in your home every year. And so if you're not keeping up with that, then it is really uh, understandable that you would feel like there's just stuff and you don't know where it came from. That's uh, wow. That's a definitely great way to look at it. Mm -hmm. 52 bags coming in, you need 52 bags going out. (laughs) And yes, some of that is, you know, grocery things that gets consumed, but still, it's still a really good way to look at it. Um, And, you know, I'm sure we're definitely bringing other stuff that's not grocery items in Mm -hmm. um, also. So, I love that. I love looking at it like that and, and just keeping that bag. I try and I've been, that's one of the things that I've been trying to do is to always keep a, a I keep a box. I'm, I'm I gotta go bigger than a bag, man. <laughs> <laughs> I keep a box going lately. So, uh, and that's helped. I've filled up quite a few boxes and moved them on. So, um, what are some tips as far as like just taking a drawer or shelf and, um, trying to focus in on that what's what's a good way to handle uh, or to some of the good questions that we should ask ourselves if we're trying to decide if we should keep something or not 
Well, like the most, my favorite thing to, th I always think about my space as like, like in New York, the rent that we pay or the mortgage that you pay is what would be a salary uh, anywhere else in the country. <laughs> and so your space is your employee Ooh. and each little space has a job to do. And just like with an employee, like, does it understand what its job is? It can't do its job well if you haven't given it the tools to know what its job is. Mm -hmm. So with each space, just like asking yourself the question of like, what is this space for? Like, is this, uh, this shelf is books that are um, my absolute favorites that I go to on a rainy Sunday morning. Or this drawer is the stuff that I use every single day when I'm getting ready in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like what is, like we have, um, like in the kitchen, I have a drawer that has um, spatula, tongs, a wooden spoon, um, and that's it. And then all of the other kitchen tools are in a big bin in another drawer. And like almost every meal that we prepare on the stove, we just need those couple of implements that are in that little drawer. And it just is so easy. Like I'm never rummaging around looking for something because the things that I use every single day for my day-to-day -day cooking is all right there. If I need like the garlic press or um, the cheese grater or something like that, it's just in the other drawer um, because there's a drawer and its job is to make my morning easier and to be the tools that I need uh, when I'm using the stove and it's right next to the stove and that's that. Um, and sort of thinking about that when you're thinking about how you edit a space I love that Marie Kondo has people thinking about their spaces and it's right. really opened up the conversation, mm -hmm. but I, I'm not necessarily a fan of really like thinking about your belongings as uh, like anthropomorphizing your objects. I'm not really into the idea that your objects are uh, your friends. I'm not really into the idea that they like are what bring joy to your life uh, and um, that I think that that's really reserved for like people in, in your life, not really about the objects. We definitely like, they become receptacles of our memories and we definitely like have, uh, you know, they, they evoke memories for us, certain objects, but the memories are inside us. They're not inside the objects. And um, when you're looking at an object through that filter, it becomes much harder to, um, to, to think about it in terms of its usefulness, in terms of its, how it serves your life. And sometimes, like, I mean, I, I went to school as an artist, like I, I was a studio art major, like I love like art and objects that like make me smile and that are funny and that are interesting are like all over my apartment. And they're a really big part of what, um, it's a big part of what I consider my aesthetic and what we have in the apartment. But it's also, um, but I also know that that's the job of those things. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's not looking at it like that. It definitely makes it maybe easier to say goodbye to it when you need to say goodbye to it. If you're yeah, like, it's, are you using it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to, I love that metaphor because I mean, we spend so much money on these items and if we're not putting a purpose to them, then we're re- essentially just wasting our money. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, you go to Target or whatever and you, you're just shopping around for hours and hours and come home with all these things that you thought were cute or like in the dollar section just sucked you in and you bought all these cute things that say thankful and grateful and, you know, I'll like the, but it's at the end of the day, if it's not serving a purpose in your home and, you know, then why do you, why are we purchasing it in the first place? So I love that metaphor. And you also, you talked about Diane, about how um, you reframe how you look at money and the items that you splurge on. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah. I mean the stuff that, well, so the stuff that I really like to splurge on is stuff that I touch like every single day. Like I spend stupid amounts of money on like hand soap. You know, and it's like one of those things where people are like, I mean, it depends on what your values are and what's important to you. But I really like, it's like what I was talking about earlier about self-care and sort of like these things of like, how do you find little moments within your day of like self-care? And scent is something that's super important to me. It's like something that really lights me up. And so just you know, like you go to the bathroom and then you wash your hands and every time it's like, "Mm." and it just felt so good. And it's like such a great place for me to like put my money or like, you know, I really love the ritual of making coffee in the morning and my tea kettle was like not cheap. And like, I just, but every time I touch it and every, you know, it's like that these things that you use every day, um, that if you're, you're really putting, uh, you know, it's not necessarily like that. I don't mind splurging on something that really gives me value every single day. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that's like kind of the one offs where I sort of tend to hesitate. And uh, since you are helping a lot of people go through and get rid of things, you say that you have a lot of clients too that will pass on their things to you. And how do you handle that? <laughs> oh yes yes actually it's the it's so fun because it's like I get to like a lot of my clients they'll be getting rid of stuff and so I take that you know a lot of times um if there's something that I really like then I'll um I'll take it home and I'll I'll try it out and you know if it doesn't end up working for me I have no problems putting it in the bag next to the door um within a month um but sometimes you know there's stuff that like I would have never bought myself that I end up uh, you know, becoming my favorite sweater or it's my, you know, favorite teacup or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, um, it's really, you know, it's sort of fun, like that exchange of things. I mean, some people like, uh, a lot of times I'll, I recommend to my clients that they, if they have friends who, um, who are really into a specific kind of thing that they're getting rid of, that often closing the loop feels really good. Like, um, a couple weeks ago, one of my uh, clients had a wine fridge that hadn't been plugged in and it, we'd moved it around a couple of times while we were working with them. And I had like a conversation with them where I was like, you know, I think you guys don't actually use the wine fridge. And I think we really need to like think about not having it here. And, um, and then they were like, yeah, yeah, you're right. 
And then we went across the street to the wine store that was across the street and asked them if they needed the wine fridge. And they were like, oh yeah, we'd love that. Somebody who works here will definitely take it home. And we were able to like connect it to the right person really easily. And I think that um, a lot of people when uh, thinking about you know, donating things, uh, that being able to get it to a good new home really feels much, much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also like last week, one of my clients gave me a lamp that, um, and I promised him that I was going to use it and I donated it immediately just to get it out of the house. <laughs> so sometimes it doesn't even make it home with me, but you know, it just depends on how, uh, how people are, are feeling about making their donations. Some people have a harder time with it than others. <laughs> so they, they, they feel better if they feel like it's going home with you than if it's just going to a stranger. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's so cool. So- like, I, yeah, it's like I mean sometimes sometimes I do like one of my uh one of my clients just moved out of New York and I put a bunch of and she asked me to like put anything I thought was cool onto the truck. And so a couple of my clients had had some large objects that they weren't really sure what to do with and I put those on the truck with her. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> so have you heard yet if she liked them and is keeping them? Well, they haven't gotten there yet. She still has another week or so before they, they okay. get to Denver. But <laughs> nice. But I'm expecting she's going to like it because that's the kind of person she is. <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. Wow. Well, I feel like we could just talk to you all day long. <laughs> I mean, I am definitely um, going to try and uh, take some of your tips and apply them to my apartment. (sighs) Yeah, that's my (laughs) December goal is like just before 2020, before we get to a new decade, like clean out. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm like trying to get all my work done before December so I can just like hammer wow. it all out and oh good gosh, send me pictures like I would, yes. love, I would love to see how it goes yeah like, I will yeah. say following Diane on Instagram is so fun because she does before and afters Ooh. and so and then also her view from her apartment is amazing so her stories are always they've got <laughs> great she always finds great organizing humor it's it's she's a fun follow uh, so well one thing I also wanted to just say really quick was I love um how you've, you can kind of build like such a community with all of your clients because you can like kind of connect the dots between each one. Like, oh, well, you know, they're not finding a use of this in their house, but you, you know, this is something that you value. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Like, I I don't know. I'm just thinking like Mm -hmm. of this cool, like community that you could start with just, you know, just between your clients of, you know, connecting them with their goods and, you know, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it, it, we do that. And, um, even within, I work with a number of other organizers, like we're, we're sort of, mm-hmm. we have our own like little network and stuff. And if we do have things that, um, somebody's donating, we often try and connect them with each other because, you know, especially a lot of, a lot of people are getting rid of stuff that's in really excellent shape. That's super duper useful. And mm-hmm. you just want to make sure it goes to the right new home. Yeah. Yeah, definitely goes back to that idea of if you're donating it to someone that you know will find good use of it, or then you're not feeling as guilty, you know, of giving it away and all of that. So I love that. 
um, a lot of no spend communities where um, you can post your stuff that you don't need and you can find stuff that you do need. And um, that's a huge way to save money. So oh, wow. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even mm-hmm. know about that. We'll have to look oh, that. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we always end every episode with two questions that we feel are really important. Um, the first question being, what is your definition of success? Um, I think success is being true to yourself. Um, I feel very lucky that I have a job where I can bring my whole self to work mm-hmm. and um, that I can be myself with my friends, with my family, like that just uh, being able to, uh, that, that to me, you know, needing to edit and yourself and be disingenuous because of, uh, you know, you have people in your life who don't get you, who don't, you know, who, who aren't really in sync with the sort of like who you are, um, that that to me is, uh, you know, it's, it's really about uh, community and being true to yourself. I love that. I love it. So good. And the other question is, what are the three words that come to mind when you think about money? Oh, so I, I had a lot of fun thinking about this one. And um, I'm a construction nerd. So like the first one, of course, is it's a tool. Oh, good. Treat mm-hmm. and trust. Ooh. Oh, I the love teas. Yes. <laughs> so, so good. So I think of money as being a tool that enables you to do what you like and what you want. I, I, um, I, I happen to have like grown up uh, with a lot of financial privilege, um, but there was a lot of, um, my, my mom had some very serious uh, mental health issues. And so we needed to have like, you know, live in help and a lot of things sort of around that. And uh, there was a lot of um, financial stress caused by her mental health issues. And that wouldn't have been there sort of otherwise. And so I sort of grew up with the idea that like not having money causes problems, but having money doesn't solve problems. Mm, but money is that. a really great tool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, when you have situations that come up and you have the financial resources for it, you can solve pro- certain kinds of problems with money and it's a great tool. Um, also, I like to think of money as something that like you can use to as a treat mm-hmm. and that can mean like going and getting coffee with friends or, you know, the hand soap I was talking about mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Um, you know, just sort of like these little, little gifts and things that are kind of like fun for yourself um, and, and for other people. Like I love with, um, I love giving people presents. I, I know that like as a home organizer, I'm not supposed to be like adding to people's stuff. But I, really, um, I really enjoy just sort of like, you know, thinking of like what people, uh, what lights them up and what's really mm-hmm. important to them and giving them just the right perfect thing um, feels really good. And um, 
trust is also a big part of money that uh, has somebody who works with a lot of different people that I've never met before, that exchanging, um, you know, that the exchange of money is one where it's like a shortcut to mm -hmm. validation and trust of each other and sort of, you know, I, they're trusting me to do a certain job for them and I, uh, and, you know, paying me says that, you know, I'm worth what I think I'm worth and there's a really, uh, trust is a really big part of how money plays a role um, in, in society and, and, you know, the way we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, wow. Definitely. I just love so how cool. I know. And I love how, like, I mean, what you're going back to treat, how you say you like to give gifts. And I feel like you're in such a great position of giving gifts, especially to your clients, because you have such great insight on what they value. And I think that's like the first question we all need to ask, ask ourselves is what do we value? You know, because that kind of is the domino effect of what we spend our money on and what we're going to keep in our homes and what we're going to donate and all of that. And I just think that like you having that initial consultation with your clients is so important. And I, I love that. And I think it's like a mind work that we need to even do with ourselves too. To I'm sitting here going, what do I value? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And, and applying that to my living arrangement because yeah, I value time with my family and my friends and experiences, but I don't know that my apartment really reflects that. So I'm going to have to work on that one. Yeah. So good, that good stuff. So yeah. tell everybody where they can find you because I know they all want to go follow you on Instagram. Oh, yes, that is really where I hang out the most is I post the stories like pretty much every day at Instagram at New Yorker at home um, is my handle. And um, I just, I love posting. Uh, I get to go into really cool apartments and yes. they often have incredible views and it gets I do before and after pictures. I also have a really adorable dog. And so um, I, I, and I also like in the mornings to post a, a little cartoon of like organizing humor. Um, so yeah, so please follow me there. Um, join the conversation. I, I um, and you know, and you can always reach out to me on my, my website is newyorkathome.com. And if you want to learn a little bit about me, you want to work with me. I also do virtual sessions. I work with people all over the country. So, um, you know, please uh, reach out to me. I, I always write back. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much again. And we are looking forward to hearing what all of our listeners have to say about this episode. It's gonna I be think so they're going to be really excited. Okay, you all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show. And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye! Bye.